0: Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. I'm your host, Mitch Dreams, and today's guest is Trey Christensen. Trey is the CEO of Vast.gg, a company that professionalizes giveaways to make sure contests are fair, run appropriately, and everyone gets a benefit out of them. Trey, how are you doing today?
1: Doing really well. Doing really well. I appreciate you having me on today.
0: Excited to talk with you. Giveaways are something very endemic to the gaming world. I'm sure everyone has seen the giveaway pop up on their feed where, hey, follow this person, tag some people, uh, and you'll get a chance to win whatever it is, headphones, computer, whatever it may be. Why did you feel like this was an opportunity in this space for a company to come in and improve it in a meaningful way?
1: Yeah, so um, I mean, it's a definitely a long winded answer, but the short short version is, you know, it's giveaways are very um, easy to come by in the gaming space just because it's, it's very natural for gamers to want to um, do things for a reward. Right. So any video game on the planet, you know, people are trying to. Um, complete challenges whether they're dailies weeklies they're trying to get achievements on xbox live they're trying to you know earn something and sort of get that notoriety that comes with it so um giveaways is just very natural in the space like like gamers understand the process you do a couple of different actions whatever may be on the giveaway and you you get a potential reward right and the more you collect the more chances you have of winning so you know Back before we started Vast, we were taking a hard look at a lot of the giveaways across the space and, um, you know, gaming it was very new then. This is about 2017. Um, and we wanted to apply a lot of the fundamental old school marketing tactics um, and traditional marketing tactics to the giveaway process to, to really try to amplify them. So we started testing out that theory and it just sort of took a life of its own and, and blew up from there.
0: Yeah, now Vast has over 600,000 followers on Twitter. I'm sure it's fairly natural to grow your own Twitter account when you're doing giveaways as a promotional tactic all the time as the core company motto. But the company's oh, yeah. had a lot of success. in professionalizing it, done a lot of work with major brands, with major streamers. And in fact, Trey's background is in the Halo esports scene Back in 2010, all in the long ago days of eSports, he was a very successful (laughs) Halo Reach player. And as Halo fell off in popularity, tragically, he shifted over to the National Guard, where he served in the Air Force National Guard for a while, and then came back to civilian life 2017 and started Vast.gg, also working for the Dallas Mavericks and Mavs Gaming, the team's NBA 2K franchise during that time. So... Before we dive completely into the giveaway and the culture around it, do you think Halo Esports is ever coming back? I really hope it does.
1: Dude, I, <laughs> that's a hard that's a hard question to answer. But, I mean, I've always, I've just been always a diehard Halo fan. Like, maybe not even necessarily just from the competitive side, but even from the casual side. I've always enjoyed the campaigns. I've always enjoyed and been sort of addicted to the storyline. Um, so, from my standpoint, I've never really seen it fall off from like a fandom level but on the competitive side for sure you know it definitely took a a hard hit um as newer games started to come out as BRs started to come out as the scene evolved um but halo infinite i mean it looks it looks huge man i think that i think that there's going to be some serious hope and some serious um traction around the game like as a whole so I'm excited to sort of see what they what they do to develop the professional scene because there's always been a casual scene around halo there's always been a bunch of people playing big team battle or Warzone or whatever it may be with their friends but you know now it's time for like the the halo esports scene to to rise up and sort of take the throne again because i mean back in the day it was it was the pinnacle man it really was it was one of the one of the um sort of founding father games of esports i mean Literally the first time I heard about Halo, a buddy of mine was telling me about the Ogre Twins, and he was like, he was like, dude, these these two twins, they like they play Halo and they make money. And I was like, bullshit, <laughs> Bull- <laughs> bullshit, there's no way. And and I just it, I started to look into it, and I just became addicted, just addicted to the concept of being able to like compete and do something that I love, that's my passion, and be able to like earn a little bit. And back then we were competing for. at a time right and that that was just like oh my gosh I mean I was head over heels for that now today you know you're looking at even some of the prize pools for some of the smaller Halo tournaments are massive so it'll be exciting I think 343 like as a game developer they've started to develop a lot more focus on the pro scene and so um yeah I think it'll be I think it'll be really big for for Infinite for sure
0: there's been a lot of desire for halo esports to make a comeback and people i've talked with because we all have fond memories of those early days of halo esports and i think if you pulled people back in the 2009 2010 range and you were like which game 10 years from now has had a consistent esports scene the whole time call of duty or halo i think more people would have chosen halo call of duty was quite big back in those mlg days as well but halo just had a ton of momentum it was really beloved Call of Duty had a couple good titles, but there was a worry about consistency a little bit, and Halo just dropped off the face of the map, even when all these other games are making a comeback on the eSports side, just not a lot of momentum behind Halo, even though there's been a couple attempts to get it back up, and I I feel like Halo Infinite might be that kick that finally pushes it back up there, because I think people still want it.
1: No, absolutely. I think that... So, I mean, obviously the gaming space moves so quickly that everything has to be new and fresh constantly, right? So whether, you know, you look at Fortnite and Apex Legends, like they have to have new seasons, they have to have new skins, they have to have new, um, new weapons that are coming out for the game. You look at that other games that have survived, Call of Duty, for instance, has survived because they're constantly coming out with a new game. You know, they come out with a new game every year, whereas yeah. you look at the landscape for Halo and... You're looking at like a three to five year span i mean let's let's look at halo 5 halo 5 2015. it's 2020 now that's five years playing the same game so you know you look at that landscape like really one of the fundamental things that halo has to do if they want to thrive as soon as halo infinite comes out is just be ready and have things in the pipeline to release right so just as much as possible new maps um new settings new Um, you know, listening to the community and making sure that they adhere to like, okay, if the community says that they want more skins or they want, you know, different game types, whatever it may be, like staying in tune with that because that's that's why Apex Legends is thriving right now. I mean, they have a, a really strong community around their competitive scene. They have strong viewership on Twitch. I know that they're not necessarily the number one on Twitch, but from my standpoint, every single time I watch streamers streaming Apex Legends, they're constantly talking about you know, positive things and then feedback for the developers and developers are listening. So that's huge.
0: Yeah, the Battle Royale space is still just growing. If you go on Twitch, it's Apex, Fortnite and Warzone, Call of Duty, but almost every streamer is playing Warzone uh, yeah, in the top, true. in the top like eight to 10 games every time. I went on the Call of Duty page recently because I was curious just uh, how I was talking to Enable on this podcast, actually, and I was just curious, like, okay Call of Duty League is this massive esports league with so many people bought into it well what are streamers playing what are people watching in Call of Duty and it was like the 28th channel down that was the first person not playing Warzone I was just clicking into stream okay yeah. Warzone clicking out clicking in Warzone clicking out and I opened up this 28th stream and it was this random person with like 400 viewers and he was answering a question about why he's not playing Warzone
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, literally, I mean, here's something that's that's funny for you. So like the, the Halo scene still really prominent in terms of like a, a cult following. And literally we have um, like Frosty, which is one of the top Halo players uh, for Halo 5. He's been streaming Halo 5 a lot, even though he's on the Mutineers, right? so it's crazy he's like he's in the call of duty league but he's streaming halo 5 consistently and he's holding 200 to 300 viewers just talking about you know the future of halo so it's like there's a lot of crossplay, and there's just a lot there's a lot going on in the space for sure
0: definitely would there ever be a chance for a halo battle royale that'd be pretty sick
1: yeah i think that they're definitely going to have to they're definitely going to have to have a battle royale involved with infinite if they're going to want to compete In my opinion they're gonna at least have to have the game type i mean look at warzone as soon as call of duty released that like specific battle royale for this game it's like blown up i mean don't get me wrong the last one was was great but this one is like a whole new level i mean they've changed the game with the gulag and you know being able to like revive your teammates and all sorts of stuff so super cool
0: yeah, that genre right now is just in a really awesome place. as all these different developers take from other aspects? It's like, oh, okay, Fortnite's doing this well. Oh, Apex brought in the revive, and this is really clean. Like, we wanna we wanna be able to implement parts of that. Now the Gulag is is in Warzone. and you're, I'm sure that more battle royals in the future are gonna experiment with things like that. So it's it's a cool space to be in for sure. And I feel like Halo could take a lot of those lessons bring in a lot of the the great classic stuff from halo's past and really make an awesome battle royale that'd be cool but Dude, anyways cool. we're supposed to be talking giveaway not <laughs> we, we, we just dive into
1: to halo i mean trust me if you want to talk halo i'll talk a halo for hours
0: <laughs> I, I don't think i've ever had a halo podcast so i was like we should we should have a little discussion on this because i'm not sure i've ever uh, talked about the halo esports scene before and it's a fun it's what i just have very fun memories of halo in my past, not even as, as fond as call of duty. There was some great times for sure, but halo just had that certain something to it. That was just like, I think back to it. I'm like, ah, yes, good old, good old days of gaming right there. Oh yeah.
1: It definitely, I mean, being able to sort of like land with all your buddies, that was, that was the pinnacle of halo for, for me, you know, being able to like group together with a bunch of your friends and just all like link up and then be playing all night throughout an entire weekend. I mean, that's like where Halo started, you know? So it's definitely been a way to connect with people. The funny thing is now is like a couple of the, so two of the other people at Vast, there's four, four, uh, people total at Vast, two of the other people at Vast, I met through Halo. So it's like all of the people that I ended up competing with and playing with or playing against are now the majority of my connections across the space.
0: That's really cool. So how did your Halo background lead you into giveaways? As you came and started this company in 2017, uh, how did that Halo background help you really get a jump on the new company?
1: Yeah. So um, after I got out of training for the Air Force National Guard, I I came back and I was um, obviously, you know, you you go home, you look at your local job listings and different things and um, look at serving jobs and just like local things that I can do but I started to take a look into what other people had done while I was in training. And a lot of them had shifted. Now, some of them have had become content creators and streamers and things like that. Obviously some of them continued competing, but the majority of them shifted to a business focus, like just very, uh, they either got jobs in the space, they created their own companies in the space, uh, working for an agency, whatever it may be. Um, they were sort of like scattered throughout. And I was like, you know what, I wanna work in this space. Um, And I was always really um, in tune with marketing tactics and strategies and things like that. So that's really where we sort of stumbled into looking at these giveaways and trying to maximize them for clients. Um, And at first it was just sort of uh, meant to help, to help others grow, to help others achieve their goals. And we really started to fine tune the process. And then we were like, you know what, why don't we grow our socials at the same time? Why don't we run our own campaigns and sort of like the money that we were making, let's pump it back into our own business and try to blow this up, right? So that's where we started to connect with other influencers to help them run their campaigns. So people like Ninja, um, some, some upcoming Fortnite uh, influencers, we ended up working with Myth. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the connections literally stem from Halo. I don't think that we would have worked with Myth if we hadn't worked with Ninja, and we wouldn't have worked with Ninja if I hadn't have competed against him, you know, 10 years ago. So it's it's sort of a small world, but um, yeah, that's that's sort of how we stumbled into it. It's like I just really wanted to work in this space, especially seeing that that was an opportunity.
0: Gotta say, the most followed Twitch streamer, formerly Twitch streamer, on Twitter and all his platforms, basically, is probably a good person to partner with, first off, for any company.
1: (laughs) No, definitely. The funny thing is, he wasn't that way when we approached him. So, I uh, I approached him right before TwitchCon 2017, um, and I literally, I was just like, um, I talked to his wife, Jess, um, and I spoke That's like with a month
0: after Fortnite's released, right?
1: Yeah. So, so it was sort of it, like I said, a lot of things happen by accident. Um, but you know, right place, right time, you put yourself out there anyways, we, uh, I approached uh, Tyler. He was, he was streaming, you know, H1Z one a lot. He was, he was already a, a very large streamer, but I approached him and I was like, Hey man, like, I really want to help you grow. I want to help you run these giveaways you know for your stream would you ever be interested and he was like sure man like if we you know if we ever come across giveaways that we want to run with sponsors or whatever then like yeah we're happy to 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 do that so um about a month month and a half after twitchcon we had we met in person we chatted um and then a month after twitchcon we ended up they they reached out and they said hey we want to give away um just like a copy of the game because at the time." Fortnite was still focused on their um <laughs> their regular the sort yeah like their their world game um and it was it was you know just like the storyline and all that kind of stuff and you just slay zombies and whatever um so they wanted to just give away like a, a you know premium edition of that game like founders founders pack yada yada so we did that and it blew up right and uh tyler was like okay i want to run another one of these so then we ended up running like other campaigns together like a graphics card and other sort of you know small like uh, better items than the founders pack and as those started to like get traction um next thing you know we had a campaign up and and Tyler's playing with Drake and Twitch is like exploding and he's got 600k viewers so sort of like this sort of weird perfect mixture but a lot of people saw the service that we were providing him um and we had a lot of people reach out naturally and so i i still to this day i'll send him a message and be like tyler i hope you're doing well i appreciate your trust in in our brand like as we've you know first worked together and things like that because that created a lot of uh traction for us a lot of business for us and he he really did help with a lot of the credibility for for the vast brand
0: i mean yeah it's one of the most meteoric rises we've ever seen out of one channel you talk about Okay, TwitchCon 2017 is what? Late September, usually? Yep. Then um, a month after that, Fortnite is still focused on Save the World. Four or five months later, Ninja streaming with Drake. I believe that was March of 2018. Just an absolutely absurd rise in one channel's popularity uh, to go from that point and just become the face of Fortnite like he did. And then here you are, Vast, as helping grow this channel along with it and playing a key part in growing the channel that's a that's about a good start for a company as you could hope for i suppose
1: no definitely i mean a lot of things you just have to sort of put yourself out there connect with as many people as possible and just you know good faith measures you know try to try to do right by as many people as you can in this space it sounds cheesy but our goal wasn't even we weren't looking for for money we weren't necessarily looking to try to even sort of grow this business off the rip we were we were just trying to help out some of the influencers that we knew some of the business people that we had uh, been friends with for years and it sort of just played out in our favor um and it helped them grow along the way so sort of like a win-win on both sides um and that's the fun thing about giveaways is like there's not there's not too many downsides to them i understand there's a lot of negative stereotypes around giveaways and there's there's been plenty of people that run you know, giveaways in the space that, that aren't trusted, um, trusted members of the community that are actually going to back the giveaway, you know, but, uh, we've tried to sort of legitimize that and make it, make it more fun and make it a more positive experience.
0: Yeah. I was actually about to ask you about some of those negative connotations. You mentioned how some bad actors have created giveaways and maybe they haven't come through on delivering the product. I've seen that thing where it's, Oh, Hey, I won this giveaway and I never got the product and it's some leaked DMs of them going back and forth. Do you feel like giveaways get a bad rap sometimes? And why does a professional organization like yours help improve giveaways for everybody involved?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing for us that we had to tackle is the trust factor. So, what we wanted to do off the rip is try to it, it takes a while it, it, it wasn't just you know snap of our fingers and everyone trusted vast it took probably a year year and a half before everybody was really like okay vast is a certified you know giveaway company that always provides proof is always willing to be transparent so we took a lot of steps in terms of like the legal side terms of conditions privacy policy making sure that we were in constant communication with winners and we're very transparent in how we roll winners um because i mean there's a lot of a lot of stereotypes like here's one the uh the twitter followers not having twitter followers or twitter bots right um that can be a big problem every single time we roll a winner we have to vet their socials we have to make sure that people aren't being inappropriate we have to make sure that uh, there's no there's nothing that violates our terms and conditions, such as someone being racist or sexist or you know, whatever it may be that's inappropriate, right? Um, we obviously can't have a winner violate terms and conditions. Um, and we have to we have to vet each one. So it takes quite a bit of time out of our day, and that's probably one of the most extensive parts of our service. So all of that <laughs> encompasses like building the trust over years. Um, to where people now have a sense of uh, positivity around our giveaways and a sense of trust in terms of if we're partnering with someone, we're going to make sure that that giveaway gets fulfilled. And there's been several times where we, we've even had partners that we we did not expose or anything like that. We didn't bring it to the forefront. Um, but we had partners that for whatever reason couldn't fulfill an item or um, chose not to. Right. Um, and we still came and we've had to out of our pockets, make sure that that winner still received that prize. Um, so there's a lot of that, that has happened. (laughs) There's a lot of people that have, even in this, the small fraction, um, there's a lot of people that have sent us the wrong PayPal email, right? And so then I'll go and I'll pay out a prize to someone using a certain PayPal. It'll be the wrong PayPal. So then I have to go and pay out their real PayPal. So um it's been it's been it's been a long road but hopefully you know we've done uh the best we can in terms of trying to build that trust around giveaways and and try to you know squash a lot of those negative connotations that come with them
0: definitely and it's really important that i'm um... Glad to hear that you take this stand as well as the person who is winning the giveaway. It's not just a random account, but they can't have a racist history, they can't have a sexist history. So that's the other thing you sometimes see on your Twitter feed is oh, this person won a giveaway. Well or they shouldn't have won this because people who are also in the giveaway pull up some of their old tweets where they where they said, you know, whatever it is that's offensive. Yep. And they're like, Oh, why'd you give it to this person? This should give it to me which yep. you know is a whole other bag of worms, but it's, it's a bad thing to do. And if you're a brand involved, you're a streamer, you'd rather just not have this be an issue regardless of, oh, do I fulfill it to this guy? Because they did technically win. We'll just put it in our privacy policy, put it in our terms and conditions. Hey, you can't win if you have this history. And then if someone wins before it goes public, we'll just be like, no you don't, you're, you're disqualified, you're good, we're re-rolling. And I feel like that solves a lot of the issues that often come up with giveaways. I mean, there's so many potential issues with giveaways. What are some of the key ones that you see and how Vast solves it? So we talk about the, the racist sexism. We talk about people not fulfilling. What are some of the other common issues with giveaways that Vast helps solve for for people involved?
1: yeah I think the I think the biggest one is well for for larger brands, the liability so the liability falls on us in terms of the giveaways that we facilitate. so that's why I said that we guarantee the prize um, and that that's really the biggest sort of painstaking process is that a lot a lot of larger corporations you know um they're at risk right if if they um don't adhere or if they missed make one misstep or miscalculation in terms of like the terms and conditions and then someone wants to sue them for that misstep then that person is suing a massive corporation you know worth millions or even billions of dollars right so we take on that liability to where the risk is not on the client it's on us Um, so that's number one and then number two i think one of the the most like Uh, prominent issues that we see is is Twitter bots Twitter is a platform that has quite a bit of people that create extra accounts to try to win giveaways Um, so we have to filter through that and to be honest there's a lot of people that get disqualified because um, we're able to track and sort of see like if they created multiple accounts Um, and so that's number one and then number two in terms of Twitter specifically uh we've had we've had some vetting processes where someone really did have zero followers on Twitter they were a real person they just didn't use Twitter and when you go to their Instagram they had you know a thousand followers they had 900 followers and they're like posting all the time so we've had to take that into account because there's a lot of scrutiny there's a lot of opinions that get (laughs) passed around on Twitter specifically Twitter And so we've had to sort of like reassure people like, Hey, here's their Instagram profile. Here's their other social profiles. They're a real person. They just really don't use Twitter. Right. Or maybe they, they created a Twitter for the first time to enter um, using Twitter, enter the giveaway using Twitter. So there's a lot of those things that we have to tackle. And we, you know, we still um, we still encounter a lot of scrutiny for, from people that have a very like limited sort of scope of, of, the winner's information, right? Because obviously I can't come out and say like, here's all the winner's information. Here's their address, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, Because that's violating sort of our privacy um, with that winner. But it is like it is one of those things where we have to try to reassure our community like, hey, we have spent time on the back end to make sure that these people are real and that they followed all the terms and conditions and that all of their entries into a giveaway are valid. Um, and like I said, that's, that's the most painstaking process. And that's what a lot of companies love to defer to us. And that's, that's really where we sort of fit in. It's like companies don't want to have to worry about that. They don't want to have somebody that that they pay salary to sit there and spend two days, you know, vetting winners when they have a, a whole other job to focus on. Right. So we've sort of streamlined that process, make it super simple and, um, sort of take over that responsibility for them.
0: Absolutely. It's re- really important. And yeah, companies have no desire to do that. Streamers aren't about to go vet <laughs> all the winners. Yep, <laughs> You've got games to play. Hundred percent. It's, it's a really interesting thing. And you know, you found a niche in the space that people weren't doing, or it was one that was rife with issues, as we've discussed here, with bots, with racism, with whatever it is, and you helped solve it for for both parties involved, which is literally just the goal of a company. So props to you. And there are some other companies in the space as well. I'm curious. Uh, Sweeps is another big one. What is Vast doing that's different from some of the other competitors in the same space?
1: Yeah. So I mean, the biggest one that we have is we're we're primarily focused on a couple other KPIs that we can um, that we can focus on for clients. So we have some very technically savvy people on our team that have the ability to um code within the parameters of of the specifics for some clients um and create sign-on solutions create um, acquisition solutions so like if you know a platform is looking to to gather sign-ons or sign-ups for their platform then we can adhere to that even with um new codes like react native or angular things like that so um that's sort of the in-depth answer uh, but on the surface level we're still the largest. So in terms of size and in terms of capabilities, um, there's no one that's been able to equal, you know, our, uh, success. So that's really the primary reasons why clients end up trusting us and end up utilizing us and why it's sort of seemingly, uh, felt like we haven't had any competitors in the space.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm actually part of a, giveaway right now it went live before i before i met you and they use sweeps in it and i have noticed not not throwing any shade but some of the accounts following me do not appear to be particularly active and some even have sweeps in the name which to me just screams it's a secondary account but i'm not throwing any shade to any of your competitors here but i have (laughs) i've got like 350 new followers over the last two days and can't say all of them look totally above board but hey, that's how it goes.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and to be honest, I don't I think that has sort of less to do with any uh, any company running the giveaway and more to do with um, just the nature of the beast. You know, like there's going to be people that are going to create second accounts. There's going to be people that are just looking for giveaways. Um, there's a lot of people in need right now, you know, especially with what's going on in the world. So we've seen a rise in activity in terms of like our giveaways across the board. Uh, we've seen a lot more people obviously working from home, being at home, being more available to enter campaigns. But for the most part, like, I don't believe that anyone necessarily has control over who decides to create a bot um, and who doesn't, right? Uh, and that's why the, the vetting process is so important in terms of winners. Obviously, we can't vet every single person that enters the giveaway because it would be too time consuming. But in terms of who wins the giveaway, that's pretty much the most important piece. So, um, yeah, I, it's, it's interesting. Twitter especially is just its own, its own thing. Uh, I don't see bots in terms of other platforms as prominently. So like, I don't see a lot of people creating other Instagram accounts and I for sure don't see a lot of other people creating Facebook accounts or alternative Facebook accounts, um, because it's, it's such a, you know, strenuous process. So. It's just sort of the nature of Twitter and how easy it is to create an account, which um, has has led to their ability to onboard a lot more users than some other platforms in its uh, infancy. But it's like that's just the nature of the beast.
0: Right. It all comes down to the winner, and yeah, Twitter is a uh, has plenty of issues with with bot accounts. If you look at the other platforms mentioned instagram and facebook they're very visual heavy you can't really have a bot account because you open it up and they're like oh they've never posted a picture or oh they posted three pictures the same person that person exists and twitter is just one picture could be totally random a quick bio and that's all you have to do and you could start spouting whatever you want to spout entering giveaways uh you know what whatever you want to do on twitter it's got a quite a few issues as a platform as a whole, but that's all discussed by people way smarter than we are, who <laughs> could talk about the Absolutely. privacy. Absolutely. My my, uh,
1: my dad is actually still considered a Twitter bot to me because he won't he won't update. He doesn't know how to update his profile picture, so he just got a default picture. Uh, but but he'll. <laughs> Do you have the old egg? Oh oh gosh, it's terrible. Oh, and he he'll forget his account and then make a new one, and then he uh so he had this long-winded story about essentially how he was not happy with he's a he's an old miss graduate so he graduated from Ole miss and he's really into football um so he had this big thing where he he was not happy and pleased with the recruiting process that was going down at Ole miss and he was like i called everyone on the athletic training uh you know staff and i called everyone at the at the college to try to talk with them and no one will listen to me and i'm like Dad, no one's gonna listen to you. It's not your job. Just be a fan. He's like, no, they need to understand. He's like, if I wait any longer to get a response from the university, I'm gonna take my opinions to Twitter. And he just like his concept <laughs> of how Twitter works is Twitter's the place to just drop your opinions and everyone just agrees with you you know, or disagrees with you, or you you start debate. And so he goes on Twitter and he just starts dropping all sorts of comments. He has zero followers. He follows zero people. He's got a default picture and and no one even knows that he's posting anything, (laughs) but he sure does feel better. I'll tell you. So it's, it's hilarious. He cracks me up, but yeah, I mean, there's people like that. I mean, my dad's a real person, (laughs) but he looks like a giveaway bot. So it's funny it's
0: funny my dad's very similar he's got it he's he started doing more and more identifying details and i'm like dad you're gonna have to be careful here it's uh you don't want to have too much you don't want to give away too much as you spout off and you reply to celebrities he's up to like 45 (laughs) followers like oh dad you gotta gotta be careful
1: That's Uh, it's It's super funny funny to see the range of generations and different kinds of people and different opinions like across the platform as a whole especially right now I'm trying to I've honestly done a little bit of a detox from social media with you know everything that's happening in the world it can be a little overwhelming especially right now you know Um, it's just a very dire time so it's been it's been interesting lately
0: yeah twitter has been particularly tough and not it, it's just not a platform conducive to really good thought exercises especially yeah. for very complicated issues so putting everything down at 240 characters just leads to to poor arguments and and things being thrown and the bot problem as well foreign influences all over the platform it's just not a good place uh right now especially but this is not a twitter discussion it's It's a halo discussion it's a giveaway discussion we'll cover everything uh i actually wanted to end on something from a marketing perspective a more general perspective which is what's the true value of a social media following we we've talked a lot about building up your social following. And I'm curious from a marketing perspective, social media has been around in the key part of uh, society for about 10 years now or so. And followers are growing constantly, but there's always this argument over follower count versus engagement versus uh, how much do you post? How little do you post? What's the right amount? Do you be promoting your posts? And I'm curious from your perspective as a marketer who works on these platforms, what is the value, especially to a streamer, of a big social media following? And how do you make sure that social media following is active and you know, a real following? You could, I could go out and buy a bunch of Twitter followers right now, but all it would do is jump up that number. It wouldn't actually change any of the interactions on my post. So I'm curious from your perspective, what do you think that value of a social media following is and how do you build it up authentically?
1: No, absolutely. I think that it comes down to an opportunity for multiple touch points. So the way we like to look at it is, you know, you build up your social following. Not only does that automatically help with trust as you build your brand or you build your your influence, but it also helps with more eyes. Um, The best way that I can explain vast like uh, when I'm talking to new potential clients or people that we're looking to work with is um, it's like it's like American Idol, right? Like we bring the stage, we bring the audience, you still have to go out there, sing, and wow, the crowd. The crowd gets to decide if they like you or not. Um, and I think people have to be a lot more open minded to that because through giveaways, you're gonna get, like we talked about, naturally, you're gonna have people that are just trying to win the giveaway. But for the most part, a lot of these people have likes and dislikes. Some of them might be a part of um they love biking, like mountain biking, for instance. Some of them might love um, the new game Crucible that came out, or they loved BRs. They like watching Call of Duty, whatever it may be, right? So they're still real people, and they still they still have real likes, dislikes, um, and things that they're wanting to engage with. So obviously, like um, the the ideal organic and um active follower for ninja might not be the same um organic and active follower for uh logan paul let's say like they're two like different audiences right so one might be considered a ghost follower to logan paul and the other one or and that same person would literally be um an active follower to ninja right so essentially running these giveaway campaigns continually builds up your following builds up that exposure to all these different people. And then as they're following you, you have multiple opportunities to connect with that person, um, and communicate with them because that's all social media is right. It's, it's being able to connect and have a conversation or, um, you know, just, just find similar interests. Right. So the one good thing that we we sort of pride ourselves on is that, for vast specifically we're like we're gaming and esports enthusiasts. So everyone that we have like in our network on our social following and our email list, it's all gamers. It's all people that are either casual gamers or hardcore competitive, you know, um enthusiasts. So that's sort of what our niche is and what we've really pinpointed and focused on. Uh, we're not into mountain biking to, to go further <laughs> into sort of the example, but um, there, there, there could be people that are right. And connecting everyone through a giveaway gives everyone the opportunity to find those connections, those things in common.
0: Right. There's always going to be some amount of people that eventually unfollow because they ultimately followed for the giveaway, but your content throughout that time dictates how many people stick around and ultimately you're going to keep a solid percentage of them as well. And so when it comes to growing your following, you can either do it organically by word of mouth or you could do it how the smart people do it, which is something else. And <laughs> giveaways are just one form of advertising and a very effective form of advertising as well. Uh, cost effective as well, both bringing in people, and for the cost, you can get a lot of followers in a way that a promoted post would probably never do for you. So it's a, it's a good thing for people to be looking at. And I guess I do have one more question. Is Do you think yeah. more people should be doing giveaways? It's, it's a cost-effective way of growing your channel. And we talked about some of the negative connotations attached with them. Do you think there's an opportunity for more streamers, more brands to be doing giveaways? Or the ones that are doing giveaways to be doing them more often? So
1: I... I have a very contradictory answer to my personal business. I don't believe that people should be doing giveaways too much. I do believe that there is an oversaturation point. Um, And a lot of the strategies that we work on with uh, teams in the CDL, teams in the Overwatch League, uh, teams in the NBA 2K League, is to run them quarterly, to run them around a sponsor, to run them around an initiative, to turn a giveaway or turn an, turn an announcement into a giveaway, right? And wrap it all in one. Um, our strategy is to be precise and be effective, not just blast out giveaways 24-7. Um, and another thing too is like Vast gets to act as sort of the 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 third party entity promoting these giveaways so that our clients don't have to be a sellout with their giveaway right because if a client is just constantly promoting their giveaway just giveaway 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 just posting all the time about it uh, then that's where some people can get frustrated some people can be like well where's the content all you're doing is posting about the giveaway so we sort of take that on and say hey like let us post about the giveaways (laughs) and because everyone is used to us posting about the giveaways, you guys continue to pump your content, um, and, and push your initiatives. But the short answer, just to answer your question is no, I don't believe that everyone should be doing giveaways 24 seven or too much, or, um, even necessarily on a monthly basis, I would say spread it out and make it more effective, you know, increase the, the, um, prize pool and and create a larger giveaway rather than spreading it out across twelve giveaways right across a year. So right, two do, sort of do
0: four big giveaways of something a bigger product versus twelve headphones or whatever it is. Yeah.
1: It also gives you uh it also gives you the space to where if if you have a giveaway every single month it can get to the point that it's like way oversaturated Um, now if you're doing them with different influencers or if you have a different strategy to where you're doing them across the space with all sorts of influencers and all sorts of brands that's different right Uh, but if you're just a brand trying to build your own um, audience and you're just running giveaways for your community I would say do them less frequently and make them more effective
0: Definitely makes sense. Good insights from Trey Christensen, the CEO and founder of Vast.gg. Check out Vast if you want to see what giveaways they have going on right now. Uh, There's always some interesting products uh, with big brands being announced on the site. So, Trey, thank you so much for joining this podcast. It was great talking to you, man. Dude, absolutely. I appreciate being here. (laughs) That's all for this episode of the Esports Network podcast. I'll be back later this week.